Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, a Bible study program from the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be bringing you the continuation of a sermon taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, as part of the Heavenly Authority series. We have been in 2 Samuel chapter 12, in the section on David's repentance after being confronted by Nathan the prophet concerning his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. When we left off, Pastor was reading from Psalm 32, where David describes his state of conviction. He says to God, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. When we feel taken down by guilt, it's good when we've sinned because then we pull ourselves back. We stop doing what we were doing. The Lord is using the guilt to convict us because we're soft-hearted. When you're hard-hearted, you don't feel any guilt. A hard-hearted person, the Antichrist, is not going to feel guilty about anything he does because his heart is seared. But then there are some people who are permanently racked with guilt. Guilt is to bring us to the Lord. Guilt is to help us confess our sins. Guilt is to stop us from doing what we're doing wrong. But to be terminally saturated with guilt, to always feel guilty and not allow the graceful, merciful work of God to come upon us, that's not doing any good. And that type of guilt, the person is not accepting the reality of the cross of Jesus, what Jesus has done to take away the guilt and pain and suffering. Here, guilt is good for David. It's good he feels this separation. It's heavy upon him because it brings him into repentance. And he says, verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. It brings him to the point of acknowledging his sin. He knows it can't be hidden now. He tried to hide it from everybody, right? You can't hide it from God. And so he has to confess it. He has to come to the Lord, and then the Lord forgives the iniquity of his sin. And what does it say back how does this psalm start in verses 1 and 2? Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. That person is blessed. That person is happy who has had their sins forgiven and now is covered by God's sacrifice. And then the person has the responsibility to have no deceit in their spirit. Now to come clean and to walk right with God. That person who has come out of the sin, been forgiven, and now has a pure heart is truly blessed. And David here, all the wonderful works that he's done. David can't brag about any of them, can he? David has to approach God as a sinner, seeking God's forgiveness. 
And that's the same for us. All the Old Testament saints, all the Old Testament heroes needed salvation. And we need salvation. David can't brag. And God forgave David of such great sins, then God can forgive us. And all that happened here declares who can be just before God. If even David, who believed God as a youth, when he stood face to face with Goliath, falls. If Elijah, who can call down fire from heaven, sins in the face of Jezebel's proclamation, if these great men sin, who can be saved? And so the Old Testament shouts that everyone is under sin, all need salvation, and that's the foundation of the righteousness, not by the law, because even David isn't righteous by the law. He's broken how many laws here? How many commandments? He's murdered. He's committed adultery. He's been deceitful. And he's taken the name of God in vain. At least four, right? The law doesn't make anyone righteous. This Psalm 32 leads into the New Testament salvation by grace when Paul in Romans chapter 4, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, says in Romans 4 and verse 4, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. If we work and we can earn heaven by our deeds, it's not a gift of God. It's something God has to give us. He owes it to us, right? But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Because if you're going based upon your keeping the law, it's not going to be good enough. We all break the law. But if it's not according to work, but according to faith on him who justifies the ungodly, and he does that through Jesus Christ, that faith is accounted to us as righteousness. Just as David, verse 6, also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, and he quotes from the psalm, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Verse 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. David understood it clearly, right? He is the ungodly. Now he's the ungodly. And he needs God's righteous covering. So you wonder how the Pharisees at the time of Jesus could stand up and pound their chest on how righteous they were and their lack of need for the salvation Jesus preached, when they knew even the best, even David, even Elijah, even Adam, even Abraham, even Isaiah, they all needed salvation. That righteousness only came to them because of him who gives it as a gift, not because of works. And this whole account of what David did leads us into the New Testament gospel of grace. Let's look at Psalm 51, even more heartfelt Psalm 51. To the chief musician, a Psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. 
Have mercy upon me, O God. Now, this psalm is directly as a result of the sin. We're told that in the title. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, the kindness of God, the loving kindness of God, the mercies of God, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. What a difference here between him and Saul. He understands the terribleness of his sin. He acknowledges it, and he can't get rid of it. It's always before him. Against you, you only have I sinned. I thought I was doing it just to Uriah. But really, I was doing it against you. And done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I'm sinful from the start. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Inside you want truth. It's not enough I sing songs on the outside. It's not enough I go before the tabernacle and make offerings. It's not enough all the people think I'm sinless. You want me to be true in my inner part, and in the hidden part you want to make me wise. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. He's a broken man. He's a contrite man. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, that cry out for that which he knows is not there. He's impure. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. He knows what he deserves, right? He deserves to be put out. He deserves to no longer have fellowship with God. He deserves to no longer have fellowship with God for all eternity, to be cast away from the presence of God. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And David, part of the guilt process, God has proclaimed it by the prophet. He's placed this burden upon his heart that's broken his bones in a figurative sense, and he no longer feels the Spirit of God. When he used to go under the Spirit's anointing and play, he knows something's wrong. He knows he's separated. He knows God has pulled back his hand of blessing. And he says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He longs for the presence of the Spirit of God. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Give me the joy again. Let me know the salvation of God. Keep me in your generous spirit. Keep me strong in your spirit. And this is what I'll do, Lord. If you forgive me in such a way, he says, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. He's not going to hide his sins. He's going to proclaim his sinfulness, and he's going to teach it. You know, we have the accounts in 2 Samuel, very possibly written by the hand of Nathan the prophet. 
and the other prophets. And David allowed them. As king, he could have said, don't write a word of this to anybody. He wants them. He wants them to let people know. He wants to write and sing the psalm about his sinfulness that he can instruct others. Don't do what I did. And if you've done something, go to the Lord. Seek his mercy. Seek his grace. I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Many sinners can come in because now I'll speak up. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Not of his righteousness. He can't proclaim his righteousness anymore, right? Of your righteousness, O God. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. This is a good point at which to leave the sermon. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Our address is... Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And as always, we welcome you to join us at our church service. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.